2: On your Tuesday
3: episode of Locked on Raptors, the Toronto Raptors season has been all that fun, so we're going to have some fun today with someone who is fun. It's Josh Gondelman, the wonderful stand-up comedian, formerly of Jesus and Miro, last week tonight and more. And we're going to talk about uh, the Boston Celtics. Yes, he's a Celtics fan, but he's an acceptable Celtics fan. And he's also got three shows in Toronto this week. He's a big basketball fan. He's got thoughts about Kyle Lowry and OG Ananobi. And he's got a pep talk for you distressed raptors fans out there that's all coming up on today's episode of locked on raptors thanks for hanging oh look like, because my shot it, i expected to make it so like i don't shoot kind of miss. Uh...
0: you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
3: on, Welcome to episode number 1317 of Lockdown Raptors for Tuesday, January the 10th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on all sorts of various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. And we are on YouTube every single day as well. Hello, video friends. Please go and subscribe. Hit the big red subscribe button on the Lockdown Raptors channel. And you have done a wonderful service to help support the show, also supporting the show today are our pals at prize picks first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on all right big fun exciting show today <laughs> let's dive in shall we we have a pair of wonderful people on the podcast i teased josh gondelman off of the top but first we're going to get to katie Hindle, who of course is usually here for whatevs wednesday but it's tuesday because uh, we had to work around josh's schedule which is totally fine katie how's it going
4: didn't even mention me at all, man.
3: That's I know. Good. Well, it's just the people. You're a f- <laughs> part of the fabric of the show, Katie. That's fair. Like, I don't mention the buttons on my sweater. They're just part of the sweater. It's not like I need to highlight them. You're just uh, ingrained into it all. Joining us here today is Josh <laughs> Gondelman, the wonderful stand-up comic. His album People Pleaser is available wherever you get comedy albums that are great. And also, he is in Toronto this weekend for three stand-up shows at Comedy Bar on the Danforth. Very exciting. Josh, how are you?
5: I'm feeling tremendous. Uh, I am so excited to come to Toronto this week. I haven't been in forever. You can tell that my enthusiasm is real because I am coming in January and I yeah, didn't crazy. say no. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a fair weather fan of the city.
3: It's like when they had All-Star Weekend here and uh, ruined the impression of the city for the entire league for (laughs) at least 25 years when it was minus 40 the whole time. I Uh,
5: consider this my own personal (laughs) All-Star Weekend. I actually honestly do because – The the stand up scene in in Toronto is so good that Mm. everyone I get to work with on my shows, they do such a great job at Comedy Bar, just like booking it full of funny, cool people. And every year, every time, every time that I come back, I'm like, man, there's so many great comedians here. (laughs) The local scene must be really thriving and popping. I'm I'm so psyched.
3: Do you have any Toronto eats that you uh, are excited to get back to having
5: not been here for a few years? Oh my gosh! I just go where people bring me. Honestly, <laughs> and it's true because I know I have a bunch of friends from having come through a bunch of times, and just from the the internet. So I just like whatever. Like the last time I was in town, affronting me for Ethiopian food, and then uh, just like great coffee shops. And, and so I'm just like, so I like can't wait. Very very thrilled. Everyone,
3: go get your tickets. Uh, there will be a link in the description as well for the three shows at Comedy Bar and, this
5: weekend. And I think they've since added a show, so there will be at least four. Hey, up, Potentially wow. up to, I guess, infinity. We could just groundhog it. <laughs> and I could just you know, stay every day. <laughs>
3: Well, uh, you're here, Josh, not only because you're in Toronto this weekend for some shows, but because you're a basketball fan. You are, of course, a Celtics fan, which we're willing to forgive here. Uh, I often make the joke that John Corrales, host of Locked On Celtics, is the only acceptable Celtics fan, but I'm willing to throw you into that pile pile uh, that sounds uh, harsh yeah, just but toss yeah, just toss me on the heap <laughs> yeah. of acceptable celtics fans <laughs> um i have to ask you josh uh you're a celtics fan the raptors and celtics are division rivals for whatever yeah. that matters uh my question to you to kind of kick things off here. When I say the words Toronto and basketball, what comes to mind? What word association comes to your head? Like, well, where are you at with the, sort of the idea of the Raptors as a team? Uh, sort of, yeah, do the word
5: association thing. So I feel like, and I say this with great admiration, as a, as a comedian, when you... I think the highest compliment you can really pay to another comedian is when you go, that joke is so good, it made me mad when I Mm. heard it. And I feel that way about a lot of Raptors players. And I'll say that about Raptors emeritus as well. The Celtics played the Bulls last night. DeMar DeRozan, I feel like, (laughs) just shows up 18 feet from the basket and just rains down uh, 32, 1 million points against the Celtics. I hope he recovers from the – little quad strain, I think, that he sustained mm. during the game or aggravated. Um, Kyle Lowry, I was like, the other teams don't get to have a Marcus Smart. We're <laughs> supposed to have the Marcus Smart. And then, <laughs> so those are the Raptors Emeritus, obviously. And then mm. it's just similar, just like relentlessness and and just the kind of like, come on, like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. Stop doing that. And so I I really have a lot of, Appreciation. I mean, like OG Ananobi has become a Boston villain from that that three pointer he hit in the bubble playoff series over um, Taco Fall um who i think is now playing overseas but yeah it's just like i feel it feels very division rival like you put it like you know sometimes i think teams that play in your division either you don't line up in the playoffs or they they go through cycles of like your team's good while well, their team's bad their team's good while well, your team's bad but i think this is the last few years it's really lined up in like an exciting way um I also very specifically, this is something I'll take with me forever. When mm-hmm. when Kawhi Leonard hit the shot over the 76ers, yes. I I've maybe will never have a better sense of like place for a sporting event that I didn't quite witness Mm because I was at the the Comedy Cellar in New York has at the time had three rooms that basically were in as full-time comedy clubs. And I was on stage in one room, but the door in the back of the room led to the (laughs) bar of the same venue. So I was on stage in the game in the bar and I came in to do my set. And I heard a sound coming from the bar that I was like, oh, that's not like a regular cheer. It was like a, <laughs> was like a roller coaster sound. And I was like, what? I, I like had to remark on it from the stage because the the room through the wall was so loud. And so that is like a very memorable moment for me even though i didn't see the shot and all the bounces until after i got on stage and watched the replay in the next <laughs> room like a
4: haunting sound it was very <laughs> yeah. it
5: was like i because w- we couldn't see it it was just like, oh and you're like oh we're haunted by a bunch of fixers <laughs> fans what's going on oh boy those ghosts <laughs> are hard to get rid of um but yeah it was uh it was very it was like a very funny kind of thrilling moment
4: um, I was kind of curious if you think rivalries are forever, because contrary to what Sean just said, I feel like when the team, when one team is not playing so well uh, in a season, to put it politely, they're not as much of a like a threat. They could still be very annoying to play. But the last time the Celtics were here, I watched them so much during their warmups, and they looked like the most um, like calm and self-contained team and i was sort of like "Uh uh-oh because i feel like those are the teams that you're like they're gonna win the title
5: (laughs) oh sure sure. yeah like
4: there's like there's a lot of joking around and like within the group Yep. But there's also such a uh, focus that it didn't even seem like the Raptors were on their radar and they were in the Raptors arena. <laughs>
5: right, they were just there. They were just like, we're just here to like, yeah. we're just going to throw the ball around, <laughs> get some shots <laughs> up tonight.
4: <laughs> we're playing a ghost team.
5: Yeah. I will. So that's such an interesting question. And I think that the way that rivalries sustain is like the depth of how long Mm -hmm. you know it's like the tenure it's like putting Mm -hmm. down a root system so i think like celtics lakers even when one team is bad they still really want they like get up for that game as they say and they really want to win in a special way in that i i think like sometimes rivalries that are more recent or have been dormant for a couple years without that long tenure don't have the same like intensity to them over time and it, and it it is contingent on like the recent um equilibrium between the teams but mm-hmm. I still think like so I don't think that this this rivalry is such yet that like the regular season jacks up the intensity any extra but I do think like the quality of games can be really good and I think the Raptors even though they're having a down year are one of those like to steal a football for his like any given Sunday teams it's like right. you're saying, Katie, like the it's not going to be like a pleasant experience where you're like, oh, yeah, we'll just kind of like hang in for three quarters and then they'll roll over and we'll run away with it for the last 18 minutes mm-hmm. or, you know, three and two and a half quarters, etc. I want to
3: pick up on the Raptors Celtics rivalry in a sec because I kind of feel like we were robbed of like even a better version of that rivalry than we've seen in the past throughout an entire decade where. The Celtics and Raptors took turns getting pasted by LeBron and never yeah. really came into, into contact with one another. We're going to talk about that in just one sec here, get into a little more of the Celtics season. And, of course, Josh is going to do one of his patented pep talks for distressed Raptors fans later on. That's coming up. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks who have made daily fantasy sports fun, easy, accessible, and really enjoyable in a way that regular full season fantasy sports simply just never are. I've retired from full season fantasy sports this year. It's just not worth the the toil and having to set my lineup and forgetting to set my lineup and all of that. Instead, with prize picks, you can go any given night, pick two to six players on an entry, and just predict, are they going to score more or less than the projections that prize picks has set out? It's the way it should be, really. You're not competing against some shadow expert with an expert team they put together in a basement somewhere that you can't beat. It's just you against the projections. If you win with all six of your picks, you can win up to 25 times the money you put in on any entry and you can make cross-sport entries as well. So you can have a little hockey action, a little basketball, a little football, whatever you want. It's all there. All sorts of leagues, even NASCAR, tennis, MMA, disc golf, European basketball, all that and so, so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They have safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational and over 30 states in Canada and every province except for Ontario, as it stands right now. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. That means you put in 100 bucks and 100 bucks is just going to appear, poof, into your account. That's wonderful. Don't forget the promo code Locked On at up for an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars with Prize Picks. And we continue on here with Josh Gondelman and Katie Heindel on a little light Tuesday edition. The Raptors are playing the Hornets tonight. Didn't feel like we needed to preview that one in all that much depth, and so we're having a way more fun time here today. <laughs> We were talking before the break about the sort of lost rivalry, the rivalry that never quite came to fruition during the 2010s when the Raptors with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were kind of at their peak. The Celtics sort of varied iterations of teams, right? Like the Isaiah Thomas teams giving way to Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown on the rise. Uh, It felt every year, Josh, like the Raptors and Celtics were going to play for the right to to lose to LeBron in the conference finals, and it never quite came together i'm curious does that feel to you like a lost opportunity for a little sports hate between the raptors and celtics considering how excellent the bubble series was between the two teams
5: yeah i mean i think it would have been a really fun uh, occasion to get to have mm-hmm. the, a couple more series especially because the celtics at that time kind of had like a mini rivalry with the wizards who never really quite got over that hump, even for the privilege of losing to the Cavs. And so, like, a Celtics-Raptors series or a couple during that period would have, I think, been really fun. And, the, and we had the Sixers, who I think that's kind of what sustained from that era with mm-hmm. the Celtics, right? Or, like, the the late 2010s series against the um, the Sixers and, and yeah. them still being very good. Is that the um,
3: series where the confetti went off
5: erroneously? Am yeah, I remembering that? Yeah, it was the yeah. best. I think – I'm trying to think about exactly when that was because it was right before my – I think it was 18 because mm-hmm. I have the Celtics scary Terry, Terry Rogier with the screen mask <laughs> T-shirt still. And I just can't – I mean he's been off the team for years but I can't give it up. And then they – so they put out that T-shirt. I forget who it was. And then – immediately after did a second version of the t-shirt where he was surrounded by confetti on the ground and Mm -hmm. I was like that is like excellent spite like what a great what a um fun moment and I know we're talking a lot at the expense of the Philadelphia 76ers that's more than okay here it's a safe space for that (laughs) thank you it's just circumstantial but that was like that that kind of thing is so fun to me of like the confetti went off and then the they ended up losing the game. And it's just like to do that on someone else's home court is just as a as a Bostonian who who thrills in spite, just a real treat.
4: I love accidents like that
5: isn't it fun I, like- you,
4: I always feel a little bit for like now that i know them in mm-hmm. toronto like the mm-hmm. game Ups people <laughs> of course because they're I- like something <laughs> probably was so weird about like sourcing the confetti or something it was yep. probably like a <laughs> headache for someone for absolutely weeks, you know
5: yes <laughs> and then it's like a call from the higher up of like when do we do the confetti and like yeah. at, at what point yeah and I'm so it's panicked. like yeah. i truly know this is not i don't want to get any game ops people in trouble this isn't about that but don't I mean Katie I feel like this is up your alley of just like any kind of like unexpected surprise in the fabric of a game is like that's not um injurious to like human beings yeah. is like yeah, such yeah. a like ooh I didn't know this could even happen
4: <laughs> no I love that stuff whether it's like game ops or like on court kind of reactions you've never seen before um, yes. Where like things are so – I'm trying to think. Mostly like I guess you'd think that is in bench reactions. And the Celtics have like pretty good bench this season. Yeah, I'm, Malik to admit. Fitz. Malik Fitz,
5: who was the bench reaction guy, I think, is no longer with the team. But last year, they were like, they, even the broadcasts were like very keyed in on like what's Malik Fitz doing on the bench. Yeah, exactly. Is that why they
3: brought in the rule about celebrating on this? Is it the Malik Fitz rule?
4: Gosh, Who
5: (laughs) was it? I thought it was. It might have been the Bucks. I thought were like really (laughs) getting it as a team. Um, Yeah, but they. There's, I like even like a new, like the Steph Curry, like go to sleep, (laughs) like three point thing is like, Ooh, that's really cool. And then I saw someone do one that was like kind of weak. And I was like, I like that he's trying like, where else do you workshop those other than in games? I feel like we're also,
3: like, in need of, I think, some innovation for guys now that they have these rules about, like, not stepping over the line in yeah. the sidelines and stuff. We saw in the last Raptors game, Fred Van Vliet was on the bench. Pascal Siakam went up and got fouled and was, like, laying on the baseline. And Fred Van Vliet carefully tiptoed without stepping on the court proper like to help him up while on the bench. I feel like the baseline is, like, untouched ground for chicanery. And, uh, you know, I mean, we we saw this in Toronto last year where there Know, fans as well, like the Raptor causing Devin Booker to have a meltdown. Oh, like yeah. 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 That. <laughs> That's like a good
4: example, I think. Love that. Like hmm. an unknown. It's great. It also tells you so much about something like unfortunately, it told us something about Devin Booker, which I was like, Am I really surprised that he got like so startled? And I'm the guy scared. who
3: didn't want to be double-teamed in practice because it was too hard. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> such a good
4: opportunity to see someone's like genuine reaction to something and right. mm-hmm. an actual sense of like. Yeah, it's her character at work, but it's still like how do they react to something that's going wrong or like a mm-hmm. little bit bizarre?
5: Right. Absolutely. Because you could also see it like there are players who you could see just like staring down the raptor and then like <laughs> icing the free throws and just like yeah. trying to demoralize the mascot. Yeah. Like I think like a like if it had been uh Chris Paul. I can hmm. see that rivalry being, like, much more heated and, like, <laughs> less likely for the dinosaur to win such an easy victory. <laughs>
3: I think you just described, uh, like, the fever dream of a Lopez brother, actually.
5: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> right. All the Lopez, the Lopez brothers' dream league would play against mascots. <laughs> it might be mascots. <laughs> Man, and I love that. That, um, my friend, that, like jumped the barrier out of basketball my friend Casey who I was you mm-hmm. know with works in video games and he was saying he saw the little clip of Robin Lopez mic'd up going he's acting he was in story, <laughs> and I was like oh you don't know the context which is that they're twin brothers and he was like what <laughs> like, he just seen the clip and thought that was really funny and so like I think yeah that's exactly what what we're talking about right of these like moments that are that are like out of context, even just like a delightful, like real human reaction to things or even like a contrived one that is that is not contrived, constructed. Mm-hmm. That's like a fun, exciting thing is like the the kind of thing that like in addition to the built in drama of sports and athletics and achievement, it, it gives like a little texture to the the human side of it, as Katie was talking about.
4: You know what I think is a really good example of that is last season when uh, Jalen Brown was like walking around staring at his hand.
5: And then Marcus Smart <laughs> grabbed Marcus his Smart hand. Marcus Smart went over and like they took
4: the joke and ran with it. And it was just like something forming so spontaneously in the moment. But like something that I thought about more, I wrote about this in the last Basketball Feelings too, but just like I feel like when teams are good and playing really well, they're so much more freed up to like have fun and you take that for granted honestly you take that for granted when the season becomes you know in the raptors case the season like a little bit more of a grind like Mm -hmm. i'm around the team and like nobody's really that keen to make jokes so Mm -hmm. much right now and i like i totally understand why but like something i think is lost because you don't have such like a nice spontaneous kind of joyful reaction to these moments like the Fred thing that you mentioned Sean like yeah that's great and it's it's like almost so heartening to see something like that happen again like yeah yeah, it like stands out against the backdrop yeah
5: Yeah. (laughs) I, I think that's such a great point right I think like and it's it's the same it's like these are people who are at work doing their jobs and I think when when anyone is at work and they're and things are not like as fluid or prosperous as you might hope or that have been in the past sometimes you tend to like clench up a little bit right okay. and you don't experiment as much and you just try to like get back to that good place and that good mindset but you can't you can't always just like um fabricate it but you know you can't like lead by doing and and mm-hmm and just wait for the good vibes to like follow from the performance of good vibes. But yeah, like when it is happening, like Celtics early this season, when they were just running away with games and ripping off, like, you know, seven game, one streak, five game, one streak, they they're, they're, Post game pressers were like really silly Mm. and they've gotten (laughs) there's still a little bit, but they were like really, you know, they would interrupt each other's interviews and talk trash about each other. And like it was it's like very fun to see when a team is like in that whatever flow state or whatever you want to call it, where Mm -hmm. they feel like they're parts of an organism working harmoniously. It's truthfully how the Raptors have
3: existed for most of the last 10 years and it's jarring that it's not the case this year where it doesn't seem like those little fun flourishes are taking place. I I'm curious Josh, this kind of leads me into where I wanted to go anyway. You know, the idea of like this being, you know, a, a season where the Celtics just lost the finals. They're obviously trying to climb the mountain once again do you feel like there's, like, extra heft to this season because they lost in the way they did last year and it's like, oh, God, we got to get back there, otherwise it's a failure? Or is it like, oh, man, we, we're we awesome. We made the finals. Let's, uh, let's be awesome, have a great time with it. Like, I'm curious, like, both, like, your impression of the way the team is dealing with it and as a fan, like, what is the sort of experience of watching a team defend uh an eastern conference championship but not defend a title because they lost in the finals can't relate to that up in here in toronto
5: (laughs) (laughs) um it feels well i feel as a fan not like i expect a championship or it will be a disappointment but Mm. it feels like getting to that point is right because you defending an eastern conference title is like cool Mm -hmm. but it's also it's so precarious because it's not you know it's not it doesn't have that same weight of like you've done it and then everything is either like adding to the legacy or postscript like I still think all these players feel like they it seems like they are still and, and some of them are so young that like the narrative on them is still being constantly like wiped away and rewritten mm-hmm. Um, I and I think sometimes unfairly quickly and sometimes aggr- too aggressively like it was a team that went from like wow they've made f- four eastern conference finals in 5 years to like mm. that doesn't matter until they get to the finals and now it's like well now they've been to the finals they have to win a finals and it feels a little um a little unfair but it's also like mm. ooh it does seem like this team would be capable of winning the final like it doesn't we're not i think the sustained like success and Mm -hmm. then coming into this period of like oh there's there's this potential for more it doesn't feel like oh hey this was a fun story like the isaiah thomas years it always kind of felt like yeah lebron is gonna swat these teams away (laughs) but wow it's so fun to watch him score however many points in the fourth quarter and win this this game in in an exciting fashion so yeah i think that there is i i don't I think that the players do not feel like they're um, emotionally coasting on the success of last season, but Mm -hmm. it is interesting to see because last season, that second half, they were so keyed into every game because they had to be to make to, you know, to get the good seating in the playoffs, even to make the playoffs from where they had started. And this season, it seems like there are a lot more like nail biters. And you can see, I, I listened to John Corrales after last night's game and mm-hmm. he was saying like, you know, it's good to win these kind of games where like you make a run, they make a run, you make a run, they make a run. And I think that's true. I think he's right. But also it's like, you don't always want to leave yourselves vulnerable to the teams that like you should be closing the door yeah. on a little sooner. Mm -hmm. I, in my opinion, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't play the games. I'm glad they won. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to
3: continue on here. Uh, I do want to ask your sort of thoughts on the Celtics actual title odds this season. Are you feeling good? We'll get to that. Plus your pep talk for Raptors fans who are going through it this year. We'll get to that in just one second before we do that. However, got to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis all season long maybe you're like me you're a bit of a casual uh, sports better. I usually only throw money down when I'm like at a game itself to enrich the live experience and usually when I do that I go in totally unprepared and I lose money as a result online is here to make you the informed wager they've got all the analysis you need all the info as to why the lines the set, are set the way they are they've got podcasts injury reports everything you might want on all the pro and college sports you want you've got uh, of course the soccer leagues around Europe kicking back up after the world cup maybe you've got soccer fever and want to throw some Money down over there. Bet online is going to help you be the informed wagerer in that regard as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile, mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at TurboTax. Go to TurboTax. And don't do your taxes meet with an expert who will do them for you i am a freelance sports media person which means my taxes every year are a whole nightmare to deal with and i don't do them anymore i just i can't it's too hard it's too much work i don't like admin TurboTax has people there to help you so you do not have to do your taxes think about the glory of not doing taxes you can show your eyes things that are not taxes think about things that are not taxes TurboTax is here to help you with that. They have an expert who will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax. Don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full-service products only, video meeting, while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed, de- guaranteed details, that is, sorry, at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. All right, we are here closing this bad boy out. Katie, did you have anything? uh, We kind of abruptly had to move to break there. I was curious if you had anything to follow up on, Josh. We were talking about title expectations, et cetera, et cetera. This feels like your wheelhouse, the sort of joy of watching a season. That seems to me the reason
4: basketball feelings exist as a whole. I would say yes, but I'm also wrangling a really... (laughs) Uh, upset dogs <laughs> there's people running around in the hallway so what are the we odds will, you're just gonna interrupt me higher that's all right we will higher than wait wait how do i want to say this We should learn how betting works
5: yeah i never i do the same thing with ratios where i'm like higher ratio good bad <laughs>
3: As, as I've always said, Katie, the dog is welcome on the podcast. We are a pro George and Captain podcast. Is it George or Captain who's given you the, the trouble? George. It's,
4: it's always, always George. George. Captain George. Is just sleeping.
3: George. What are your thoughts on the Celtics' title chances? I don't ask him. I don't <laughs> Then, Josh, I'll ask you that question. Josh, uh, the Celtics are very good, of course. Uh, Jason Tatum is, you know, in the conversation for MVP, which why do we have to have the conversation in January? But, hey, uh, I guess that's what makes the world go around. The takes. Uh, I think we should
5: start talking about next season's MVP. (laughs) We should do the (laughs) avant-garde thing because this is the earliest I've ever seen it and heard it happening. It started, like, a full month ago. And, uh, like, fully saturating that the national media so i think we i think we're starting 2024 mvp odds let's we're starting now
3: yeah i mean do you care about mvp josh like is that something that like uh motivates you as a fan i don't care about awards at all
5: well i look i it would be very unexpected to me if i won nba mvp this
4: (laughs) 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 then you might care
5: Right. And they, then they're, I would they're be looking very at their new it. awards, right? It's a whole new I I do <laughs> kind of like when the when it seems to mean something to the player. That's yeah. like the the one I, that's not true. That but I I do kind of like that a player, when a player cares about an award in a way that doesn't tilt their play into like mm-hmm. a fully individualistic style. Like there's the famous um Ricky Davis self-triple double, right? Where he threw Hell the yeah. ball up to get his own rebound <laughs> and on the wrong hoop or whatever. And it's like that I feel like um steps beyond the boundaries of it. But like I I found it I find it kind of like charming because we want players to care, right? As fans. Hmm. We want them to care about what happens on the court. So it feels unfair to be like, oh, it's gauche for Joel Embiid to think he should be the MVP. Like I think yeah. it's cool that Joel Embiid thinks he should be the MVP. And and I think it's like cool that it means something. To players to be like recognized in that way um so i do i i don't like i don't care that much specifically Mm -hmm. but i and i but i do like that the players care if because it's not it's not for me it's for them
3: yeah, I have no problem Joel Embiid caring if he wins MVP. I also find it really funny how much Sixers fans really seem to care that he needs to win the MVP. It's uh, it's one of the great joys in my life is watching Sixers fans for some reason talk themselves into circles into thinking Nikola Jokic is bad. Uh,
5: it's a, it's a weird one. Both, um, I mean, yeah. uh, Katie has written about this I, I, a lot, but there are just like so many different exhilarating players and yes. playing so many different exhilarating ways and it's like i just love that uh, mm-hmm. i'm it's like such a, like what a truly what a time to be a fan and and some <laughs> and the levels of discourse we're talking about mvp discourse the discourse about like is it bad that people are scoring too many 50 point games wild it's like <laughs> right it's like oh d- does the cake taste too good like come on guys <laughs> you know what I mean it's like I don't know it just feels like we're watching these really thrilling things happen in real time and it's like but but Michael Jordan never did it so can it be right and it's like (laughs) it's cool sorry I'm I'm steamrolling
4: all good I'm still worried
3: (laughs) it's all good If you need to, you can always just like uh, DM me the questions you want me to levy to Josh uh, via you uh, while George uh, goes crazy. The only
4: thing I have to add is like I've never seen like the MVP stuff is so and like I think award contention stuff is so funny because like it is always so fitting to the person who's like in the in contention for it. Like, of course, Embiid is going to talk and talk and talk about how much he deserves it. Whereas like Jokic is kind of like you have a sense he keeps these awards. (laughs) in some like dusty tack room. Yeah, or, like, yeah. actually Near probably doesn't horses. even keep it where his horse yeah. stuff is because it's stuff's so important and he uses it more. You know, it's probably like at his mom's house because she's like, I really want to hang on to these. He's like, okay, you know? Yeah. But like, that's also so fitting. Anyway, there's just like, there's no wrong way to, <laughs> I think, celebrate that.
5: I think that's beautiful. Well, I mean, again, I think what's what I love about reading Basketball Feelings and listening to the podcast <laughs> is that like, I really love, and we've—I think we've tried—we've the three of us have have tried to do this today, of like talking about sports in a way that acknowledges like the humanity of the participants and like the the gives them the leeway to be people, and mm-hmm. I think that's really like a, a, a what I. I don't like when you read that kind of salty or listen to that salty old timer coverage of like this guy expressed humanity. That's not what we do here. (laughs) And it's like, that stinks, man. Like let a person be a person. That's like, they, they, they work really hard at this and like, let them express a feeling or like show some kind of, uh you know, some kind of reaction to things because like, this is again, like, I certainly do that at work.
4: (laughs) I think like one rough side effect of that is like to, to, you know, gently shift this back to the Raptors is we're kind of losing. It's been interesting to see how that kind of stuff is not necessarily afforded to a team. That's not playing well, Mm -hmm. or maybe like, you know, certain players are kind of having bad games that like, Nobody is basically getting one good game altogether. There's like nothing mm-hmm. cohesive uh, right. about the Raptors this season, it seems like. Uh, and in that there's so much less um, sympathy yes. I guess, afforded. And it's been like, I say interesting, but I mostly mean a bummer
5: yeah depressing uh (laughs) yeah yeah.
3: despair filled yeah (laughs) the way
5: well in i live in new york i'm i'm from boston but i live in new york and the way that julius randall and the knicks fans kind of turned on one another last Mm -hmm. season was like man that's too bad like he he had such a great previous season and that that you know they they dipped last year and i think that's kind of the feeling of like like a mutual like um Toronto and the Raptors. I feel like everybody's like, I wish this were going better. No one's like, I'm glad this is kind of a slog right now. The players don't feel that way. The fans don't feel that way. And it's like, I think the, the fans feel like we'll do something about it. And the players feel like, yeah, if we could, we would right now.
3: (laughs) Yeah. This entire section of the podcast is for you. Van Vliet haters, six nine four twenty in the YouTube comments. Uh, (laughs) Just please take this to heart. Um, Josh, we have reached the point here where, of course, you're you're known for your pep talks on social mm-hmm. media, in your wonderful Stubstack newsletter, That's Marvelous, in your wonderful former podcast, Make My Day. Uh you're great at making people feel better about their current station. Raptors fans could use some of that right now. its It's been grim. It's been strange, uncharted waters for a team that's usually very successful, except for when they're forced to play in Tampa Bay. Uh, so I have to ask you, Josh, here, can you please offer a little pep talk to distress Raptors fans everywhere about maybe why things are not so bad? I'm also going to put in a little uh, royalty-free music underneath to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the song here I have is called Feeding the Ducks. That sounds
5: calming, right? Feeding <laughs> the Ducks time, cheating. pep talk time, here we go. So Raptors fans, it's my pleasure to address you now because I've been where you are. I've, I've cheered for a team that feels like it is, as Katie said, not quite coalescing into the sum of its parts and it's frustrating. And you're frustrated and the players are frustrated, but the, the good thing about this is that it can turn around. You've seen these players, many of whom are champions, lest we forget, right? And that who, have, who have played on an NBA championship team. We've seen them achieve at higher heights, played together in a more harmonious, uh, collaborative way than maybe has been possible lately. You've got a, a phenomenal young player who's having kind of a sophomore slump. These things happen, right? It, it can turn around. And you've seen the, the accomplishments that these players are capable of together. So it's not that you're watching something with no hope. There, there is hope on the horizon. Also, I will say, I love, as as a Celtics fan, I love the way Raptors fans are like, we will never trade any of our beloved players who are necessary to our team, to our city, to our psyches. Because I feel that way It is. That's how I feel about the players I cheer for. But I just want I just want to plant the seed that the last time the Raptors traded a beloved Toronto institution, a Raptors institution, you immediately won the NBA championship. So I just want to put it out there that it hurts to let go sometimes and it hurts to hang on sometimes. But better days are ahead. Josh,
3: you timed it beautifully. Have you heard feeding the Ducks before because you uh, hit the post perfectly there uh, it's <laughs> <unreal>. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. uh Josh, that was perfect. a wonderful way to end the show. unless Katie, any parting shots for Josh here before we wrap up?
4: No, I just I'm so honored to have been on the the podcast with the composer of feeding the Ducks <laughs> <laughs>
5: It's a great, it's a great. I can't take credit for composing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it says here, by Josh Gondelman. Did you mm. do this in like a fugue state?
5: Congratulations. I did. Uh, <laughs> I kind of blackout and compose royalty free <laughs> <laughs> I got to get my drinking under control. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Josh, thank you so, so much. Anything, obviously, we've talked about the stuff to promote, but one more time, where can people find you, all of your wonderful work, and tickets for the shows? On the day and forth at Comedy Bar this weekend.
5: I'm um, comedybar.ca. I'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, January 12th through 14th. Um, I'm at Josh Gondelman on uh, Twitter and Instagram and and TikTok question mark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and joshgondelman.com for other tour dates, et cetera. And then that's marvelous. Substack, uh, joshgondelman.substack.com, it's a weekly pep talk newsletter. Um, and and it's been really fun to write. And thank you so much for having me. So nice to talk with you, Sean and Katie. This has been a real pleasure.
3: It's been an absolute blast. Katie, speaking of Substack, you probably have a Substack thing to promote. I'm pointing you the wrong way on the screen.
5: Yeah,
4: Yeah, you can uh, subscribe to Basketball Feelings. It's also a Substack, but I bought the domain, so if you're too lazy, you can just go to basketballfeelings.com. I also have something. It's an interview I'm kind of very happily surprised and excited for but um, it's with the man who made he's making horse shoes and he recently did a custom collaboration uh, making Luka Doncic's shoes for Dorian Finney Smith's horse Stevie um, so I <laughs> found this man because this of course plays to all of my interests uh, and got in touch and that story should be on dime later this week
3: I think that's cool. the most Katie shit I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life Can't wait. Uh. Oh,
5: that's awesome. (laughs)
3: Uh, I also have a Substack newsletter. I rarely ever post at it because I'm really bad at writing, and it's too much work, but it's called Post Touches if you want to go check it out. Also, please uh, support the podcast, subscribe, follow, rate, review, go to YouTube, hit the big red subscribe button. It's very much appreciated. Uh, Also, go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Leafs, as the Leafs, unlike the Toronto Raptors, are extremely good. Also, Boston, better than them in that league, too, which is uh, very upsetting, as always. (laughs) But go check out our pals, Mike. And Dave over on Locked On Leafs. With that, we'll round it out. We'll be back tomorrow to break down Raptors Hornets. Until then, bye bye.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investinginamerica. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.